0: Hello
1: is Jerry Oldman, and I'd like to welcome you to Teachings in the Air podcasts. Today's session is about healing addictions on the land of our way of life, our culture. People call it a culture. And I have a wonderful guest with me today, and I'd like him to share with me his thoughts and his beliefs and what he's seen and what he's heard because he's a witness to what's been going on with our people. We become witnesses and we draw back and we look at the truth of what's going on. Then we're the witness. So I'd like you to, these podcasts we're developing are, are called Men's Wellness. And the whole intent is to attract our men, our males, through leading a healthy way of life. Dealing with addictions, mental health issues, what they call mental health when people are so depressed or angry or afraid that they don't move forward in life. The podcasts are going to be about relationships, how we are in families, how do we parent, how are we parented. And we want the men to understand and start to say, I want men's wellness. I want to heal. You know, and to do that, our men must hear our men. So I'm so thankful that you're here today. So I'd like you to introduce yourself, Paul, on the podcast and tell tell me about the work you have done and what's what's your motivation to do what you're doing. So if you can do that now, I'll keep quiet and I'll listen, Paul.
2: Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for this invitation, and I'm really glad that uh, you are doing this because one of the things that certainly my elders always talk about is that we need to talk about this kind of problems for far too long. We've been denying the basis of our problems and not really talking about it. So I'm really happy to to be a part of this. I was born out on the land and I grew up on the land. And when I was eight years old, I was taken to residential schools, not knowing what's going on, not knowing that I was going to be away from my parents for a year. Now looking back, nobody, no matter where you come from, you should never be taken away from your parents at eight years old. I spent a year there and then uh, my dad didn't want us taken anymore. So before the plane, he took us out on in the bush. So we never went back. And then later on, when I was older, I went back to school and I spent total of seven years in residential schools. And I got out of school and then uh, started working for the government of the Northwest Territories. And uh, at that time, Indian Brotherhood of the Northwest Territories asked me to work with them. So I joined them and then I got elected chief. And I was in my early 20s and I was elected chief, not knowing what I was doing. But the wonderful thing about being chief at that time was that the people were healthy strong hardworking, respectful and they were the people that were helping me so so you know looking back at it even though i had no experience it was such an honor to be their chief at that time and um, and then uh, i uh, went to cbc and i spent almost 30 years with them and about five years ago i retired And the last few years, I've been doing a lot of work on uh, the effects of residential schools. What has it done to us? Colonization, imperialism, these big words, and what does it mean? And what kind of impact has it had on us? And and one of the things that I've been really trying to do is trying to uh, spend some time with particularly former residential school students, because a lot of them They never talk about what happened to them we never talk about what happened to us and then all of a sudden this can of worm opened and we didn't know what to do with it and uh, by that time i was uh, i quit drinking and i was sober for about 30 years so i was able to try to do what i can to help these people and i realized the two things that uh, the elders used to say one is we need to talk about it we need to make it real we need to put it on the table and look at it so that's the one thing that i've been doing and then the other thing that they have always have said is that paul you come from great people you come from people who spend land in a tent 40 below 20 above all year out in the bush and every time you saw them they were healthy. They were really good to each other. They were respectful. They cared about each other. And he said, if we want to become healthy again, those are some of the things that we have to do. Maybe we can't live out on the land anymore, but the values that we had then, we can get them back. So a lot of a lot of the things that uh, in the process of relearning where I come from, one of the things that comes really apparent. The elders, my parents, my uncles, my aunts, they never asked me to be rich, famous or happy. All my life, the only thing they wanted me to be was a good man, that's it. And so that's what I've been concentrating on. And anytime I see the young people, if I knew the, the family they come from, I tell them about it and I remind them that they come from good people and that our role in life is to become good people. And uh, that's what my elders tell me, and that's what uh, worked for me, and I think it works worth So that's a pretty quick little synopsis on my life.
1: Mm. You know, it's um, wonderful to hear someone that thinks like me and acts like me. You know, like when I left a residential school, I sunk into addictions, you know, and I got into the space of where I didn't care, you know, and it was a culture, our way of life that saved me, you know, and it's, um, you know, to get that message out, because we have lots of competition, Paul, you know, there, you know, there's gambling out there, there's casinos, you know, there's all kinds of things that our people get attracted to. To forget about what happened, to forget about their misery, and that's why we do the doing the podcasts to get the message out, because then we get the teachings out in the air, and w- the men will hear it, and that's what we're we're doing now today. You mm-hmm. and I sitting here talking, and um, you know the. Um, you told me your elders talked to you. You know, and they shared with you which means you're rich. You have thoughts that are old as a land that were shared with you. And our men need to hear those. So I'd like to ask you to just give us some examples of some of the words that they used with you. And you could use the English because these men are from all over BC that we're going to be podcasting to, and hopefully across Canada. Mm -hmm. So if you could share some of those guiding thoughts that they were using.
2: Well, one of the really uh, the the big if there's anything that compared to the Ten Commandments in my way of life, out on the land, was they always sh- said that there's three rules I guess if you want to compare to the Ten Commandments. One was that you have to take care of the little ones, the babies, the young ones. They're gifts. And you have to treat them as gifts. You have to say thank you for the gifts every day. And treat them like you're thankful to have them. And you treat them the way you were treated when you were young. Like I said, the elders wanted us to be good people. In order to do that, we got to learn how to be good people. So that's the one thing. So in front of young people, you don't swear. You don't... uh, get drunk, you don't smoke, you don't do all those kind of stuff. you're always aware that a young person might be less looking at you all the time. So you never stand around. you're always getting wood, getting water, spending time with the elders, talking, laughing. you're never standing still because those beautiful young people might be looking at you and they're going to learn from you. so your job is to make sure that you take care of the young people. The second one is the elders. You gotta spend time with the elders, they tell me. Like you say, the words of these people are as old as the rocks, and they would tell me that. They would say what I'm telling you is not me. Don't you might get the impression I'm smart. It's not me. What I'm telling you is teachings from Le Mille Le Mil Le Mille, they say thousands and thousands of years that's what I'm telling you about he said and it's like saying to me I've given you this now, now I can go because you have it, Mm -hmm. you pass it on so all the time, the thing that they have always told me, is that you always got to make sure that that elder over there, his fire never goes out, that he always has tea, some meat always has company And if he wants to go on check his snare then you go with him you and check on his uh, nets you go with him so you always so that's rule number two is is the elders and then there's rule number three was the orphans and the ones with the disability again they are gifts and you have to treat them like gifts and you have to treat them like you're happy to to have this gift. And they always said, those are the people. And they said that if you do these three things on a regular basis, you will develop a humility that is required to hear the wonderful lessons that people are sharing with you every day. So if you don't hear the lessons, if you don't hear what people are saying, you are not humble enough. So you got to work on being humble. That's what they would say in our language. If you're humble, you will hear something. So that when you get old, or even when you're not old, you run into a wall, you have a problem. Is that you You turn around on the road you traveled. If you're humble, there will be a whole bunch of people on that road. And then you'll go through all of them, you'll you'll see the solution that you heard 50 years ago, and you'll use it for that problem now. And he said, if you don't have any humility, you turn around, there's very few people back there because you didn't hear when the lessons were being given out. You didn't listen when the lessons were being given out. So you're having problems right now. You didn't hear nothing. You're going to have a hard time and when I look at my own life it is so true it is so true what they're talking about you know. and to this day I'm a little older now but I make sure that go to the old folks home say hello to them, spend some time with them I stop at red lights just in case a young person is watching me saying hey that guy, he walked on a red line I can go on a red light you know And I try to make sure that there are people on the streets in Yellowknife who might not have parents here, might not have family here. Part of my job, part of my upbringing is do what I can to help them. So, and that's the kind of stuff. And when there's drum dances, they say, you don't sit down. You're dancing all the time. You don't sit down because drum dances is our way of praying. Mm -hmm. and you better got to pray, they said. As much gifts as you have, as much, you might have talent, you might have wisdom, but they say it's not enough. You need help. And the best way to get help is to dance all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, to this day, I try to do that. Mm -hmm. And they tell us to be happy. Share with people. One of the things that the older people used to say is that when somebody is having a hard time, you joke with them so that they can laugh. So if you bring them back from the depression or some of the negative thoughts that they're having, you pull them back, you pull them back. And that's why when I was a kid, and almost on a regular basis, the people that I listen to, they laugh and they laugh and they laugh, you know. And uh, so those are just some of the things that comes to mind when you were asking about some of the lessons that I learned
1: hmm Thank you for that, Paul. You know, I was telling your nephew here about my trip. I went to a Labrador, and the elders talked to me and asked me about the problems we're having in B.C., in the West Coast. So I told them, and they were having the same problems too. And they asked me at the end, they were talking to me through interpreter because all they knew was Inu. And um, they were talking to me, and... Um, They asked, do you have any questions for us? And I said, yes. I said, why are we all in trouble now with violence, addictions, you know, broken families, you know, everything that we experience in our communities that's negative? And they were talking to each other in their language, and then they told their interpreter, tell them that we know why we're like this. I said, oh, I want to know. And they told the interpreter, tell him we're like this because we break our own laws. And it was like a revelation to me because I grew up blaming Canada and the church for most of my problems and people that were mean to me. And they gave me an example. They're very kind people, these elders. And they said the caribou bone, the long bone and the caribou. We use it in ceremony, and if we don't use it in ceremony, we bundle them up and we tie them up in the trees to show respect to the caribou, and he says, you look down the community now, and there's dogs dragging around caribou bone, long bone. He says, as soon as we break one law, we start breaking our other laws, and I agreed with him, and I said, that's true. And that's a me- part of the message I want to get out is we must go back to just like what you're telling me, your three principles there. You know, that's so true. That's, that's the way it is. That's, that's our laws. That's our way. And um, that's, you know, like I've traveled around the country, Canada, and I've seen that we're practically all the same with the same problems. And I would encourage people like you go to the land, go to our ways. What do you think about that teaching those elders gave me about breaking our own laws?
2: well I, I, I really do agree with us, and in order to get our laws back, we have to know uh, a little bit more about ourselves, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the problem that we have right now is that we still you know I'm a suta. that's a mountain dinner. I grew up in the mountains. We mountain people have to know what it means to be a Shuotou. It's it's different. Well, not different, but it's 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 uh, unique. And and so there are certain things that apply to us that doesn't that may not apply to other people. And so that's what we got to do, because those are the gifts. Is what my elders would talk about. As a mountain, then you are given certain gifts: how to walk on the mountains, how to take care of the animals, etc., etc. And so, those are the kind of stuff that we've got to teach ourselves. One of the problems that residential schools has taught us, at least me, anyways, is that we keep secrets. We don't talk. We don't ask questions because when I was in residential schools, it seems like it was against regulations to ask questions. So we carried that on for a while. And so one of the things that we have to do is that we have to stop keeping secrets. We're good people. We come from hard-working, dedicated, incredible people. The world should know that. You know, and somebody might say you're bragging. Well, I do come from great people. 150 years of trying to destroy us—we're still dancing our dances. We're still speaking our language. We're still doing the things that makes us Shuvaotina. They didn't succeed. That says for something. That's the kind of message that we need to share with other people. And then the other law that we have is that. We live in the solution, not the problem. We live in the laughter, not the sadness. We live in the dances, not being the spectator. We live in the games, not being a spectator. We are the doers. We don't just talk about stuff. We don't just think about stuff. We don't just pray about stuff. We do those kind of stuff. And those are the kind of things that we've got to do now. I believe, is that we can't just sit back and hope somebody else will do it for us. Our elders never did that. They knew that they had to feed the, the family. Forty to be they went out hunting. Hmm. They didn't talk about it. And that's the kind of stuff that that was the law that we had. That was the natural law. Because if you didn't do that, then you paid dearly for that. So those are the kind of laws that we need to do that. And I also agree that we need to be able to ask those elders. And if we don't understand what they mean, then we ask them again. Mm -hmm. We have, we people have to start asking each other those questions. You know, uh, one of the things one of my friends says, what residential schools did to me As he said, it turned me against my own community,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. you know, and and I can see that. So in communities, in our own communities, we have to start talking about reconciliation among ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to learn to be kind to each other again. We have to learn to take care of each other again. We have to learn to respect each other again and don't look at each other in the negative sense to look at each other in a positive sense because that's what our elders would have done.
1: Mhm. And that's true. My elders were the same. You know, I never hear them complain. I tell my I talk a lot to people about racism. I said my dad, my grandparents, my aunties and uncles, I never hear them talk m- mean or ugly about Canadians never you know and I agree with you that we need to heal ourselves in our communities because we're meant to be with each other. It, like you were saying it's so true I went to residential school and it's like there was magic that happened when I come home I'm a stranger and the thing about that's why I say, I call it magic is because I see my grandmother and I see my mother but it's just like there's a wall between us now by magic, because they're not pushing me away or anything. It's just all of a sudden something changed. Mm. You know, so to mend that, you know, to where we're one again. In the Coast Salish, I'm Coast Mountain Salish. and the Coast Salish, they say we're all one. Don't forget that we're all one. You know, so to, that's what reconciliation will do is mend those circles again amongst the relatives. Yeah. Yeah. We, we started to crash once we start to fight each other in our families. Never used to be that way. The elders would even discourage people from gambling against each other in the stick game, the you know, the guessing game. They would even say, don't play against family. We don't want to have fights in our family. Mm-hmm. That's how much they understood it's critical that we stay strong as family. Yeah.
2: You know, um, and and for, for us, the same thing. It's that, uh, you know, no matter what, family is number one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and uh, they always have said, yeah, uh, you know, People have to take care of themselves. They want to help you, but they may not be able to. That's where family comes in, he said. And you help people not with expecting something in return. Mm-hmm. You help people because you know sooner or later, the way life is, is that you're going to need help.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And those people who you helped are going to remember that. And they're going to be there for you. But if it didn't help people... They're not going to be there for you, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that they'll always be watching you, maybe not all the time, but they'll always know what's happening with you, even if they're living their own life. So all of a sudden, Paul is acting differently. Paul is saying different things. There's something wrong. Let's go see Paul. But if you were not there for people, you might be having some tough time Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't know that because they're not watching you. So so your job is to make sure that you help people so that they would be looking out for you too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not so that you, you know, so that, you know, it's the most natural law that they used to talk about all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad used to go hunting and shoot a moose. Next day, he has to go hunting again because all the meat is given out already, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and you know, it's not only my dad who did that. Other people, they shot Moose, the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and, that, and and all the time, because they know that they're going to need help. That's the way like this, And then those other people will be there, and especially family. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm really trying to encourage communities is, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do some of the things that our elders used to do. Yeah, they, they just used to help each other,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and they just be kind to each other. And that takes work. It's easier to be uh, cruel. It's easier to say nasty things. It's easier to do all those negative stuff. But being kind, being loving, being humble, those things take work, you know. So we a lot of times take the easier road, road but I think... We find that it's a tougher road. So, you know, one of the things that I keep trying to tell people is that, yes, yeah, we need to help each other more and do some of the things that our elders used to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah.
1: That's a, we come from a beautiful, strong people. It takes more yes. than it takes more than a residential school to put us down. It takes yes. more than a racist law. You know, and we like you're so your messages are so important about how we need to work together with with each other. And look at ourselves. I I keep saying on the podcast, you know, like what my friend who is told me. He says, Jerry, you cannot say goodbye to your problems till you say hello to them. (laughs) <laughs> it made, I like it. Yeah, and it made so much sense to me. And I said, oh, it's like somebody slapped me in the face and wake me up, you know. And that's what um, one of my favorite messages now is that we must do that. We must say hello to our problems.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I know, I know. you know, the people keep telling me, I, uh, you know, some of the elders used to tell me the same kind of thing. They say, you know, you look at an individual, don't look at the negatives. Mm-hmm. Don't look at the negatives they're there. Work hard to look at the positive in all people mm-hmm. all the time. no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, don't look at the negatives. Mm-hmm. look for the positive all the time you know mm-hmm. And again that takes work but after a while you know and and, they, and that's why one of the reasons you know I sometimes I'd go to a funeral and people, would laugh, they would celebrate, and I always thought there's a contradiction here, you know, somebody died, but they said we're celebrating the person's life, you know, it seems like a contradiction, mm-hmm. but that's what residential school taught me,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, yeah, because you know as well as I know, people pass on, yeah, all the time, you know, Yes, that's What the a... elders taught, taught us was that celebrate their life. Mm-hmm. Say thank you, creator, for this gift that you've given us, but you had to take back. Say thank you and be happy and act like you're happy. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, you know, and, and you know, for a long time, elders, I, I used to, they used to baffle me because it seems like they used to accept Death so easily. Mm -hmm. You know, because for them, it's part of life. Yeah. You know, it's part of life. You can't get away from it. So they accept it. It's going to happen. We don't know when, we don't know how, we don't know where, but we know what's going to happen. So just like getting up in the morning and saying good morning to another day, going to sleep and giving thanks for the day, you know, when somebody passes on, you say thank you again. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were so, so part of their lives. You know, and uh, certainly, they didn't want to die. Mm-hmm. They were willing to die, but I, I don't, I don't see, I don't think the same fear that we see now of death was there when I was younger. You know? Because, mm-hmm. like I say, they
1: look at it as part of life. hmm One of my elders and, would said that he says, you know, it's inevitable. <laughs> That's what he was saying. You know, he was talking because so many people were, I guess, uncontrollable in a sense. You know, and they're grieving, and uh, I guess like almost like too much. But they would encourage us to free ourselves. You know, to, to you know, go through that process. Don't deny it. We, you know, we come from the land of spirits. Be human. And we're going to go back to it. That's life. Yeah. That's that's yeah. our that's our life.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and they they said, don't be afraid of it because if mm. you live on fear, yeah, you're going to be fearful all the time. Mm-hmm. So so learn to live in the joy. Mm-hmm. Learn to live in the celebration. Because you know, I think you know one of the things that the church just taught me was that I should be afraid of God,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and and I really had a hard time with that, <laughs> I really, really had a hard time with that, you know, last few years, I'm, I've um, really tried to get a good relationship with the Creator, and uh, I don't live with Him in fear anymore, you know, and my life has changed amazingly. Because I'm not afraid of my Creator, and uh, and 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 I sort of have a sense now that uh, what the elders were talking about. I don't fully understand it, but I sort of have a sense that you know, if you live in fear, if you have a relationship based on fear, that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But if you have it on things like love and care. Then, then that's what it's going to be too. So, one of the things that I've really tried to do was that, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do crazy things. I do, but my Creator is there saying it's okay, Paul. Just don't do it again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and it's no, hey, Paul, you're gonna burn in hell forever. Remember? It's not <laughs> so bad as bad a sin. You'll just go to purgatory for four thousand years.
1: <laughs> you know, I. I was raised in a residential school and I had those teachings, you know, hell, purgatory, and heaven. Yeah. And we went to town one day and uh, about five of us and we stole the car, we hot-wired it. And Sunday, I almost pass out in church thinking I'm going to hell. You know, and it was such a... When I look back, it was a funny thing, you know, but I was really scared. And the other thing I got scared of is the devil. You know, and it's... Um, I lived in fear, like you're saying. So I was a fearful person. You know, until I start to understand our way. You know, and they, and I say, how do we say Creator in a language? Because some of our people started to to, they gave a name to Christ and to God, say Chakupi, which means the biggest leader, the highest leader. Mm-hmm. You know, but the one elder says, He says, that's what holds everything together. That's Mm. what it is, he says. It's everywhere, it's in everything. Holds everything Mm. together. So when I started to, I started to have a different understanding and my journey here. And I, I had elders that told me and look at me and say, I'm ready to go now. Mm. and i started to accept it before i'd say oh no 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 let's go to the doctor let's do this and do that you know but then i started to understand them you know they'd finished what they were meant to do they knew it they felt yeah. it inside mm-hmm. you know yeah. then we were, would,
2: that that acceptance is amazing that they have mm-hmm. that you know the world is just the way it is yeah you know what's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. You know when somebody passes away, they would say, you know, it was his or her time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You just can't get around their your time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and and their their acceptance of everything, you know, relationships, the environment, you name it. It was so amazing. You know that that uh, and that's why I think they they really did well. You know mm-hmm. because. You know, they never thought of themselves as being smarter than anybody else. Somebody may have thought about them like that, but they have never thought. They never thought of themselves as being healthier or anything, you know. Yeah And they've always have really worked hard to present their best selves to people Mm -hmm. because they know that's how people become better. Yes. You know, you look at a happy, happy elder, somebody who's always singing, somebody who's always dancing. I think I want to be like that mm-hmm. when I'm 80, 90 years old. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't want to be a grumpy old guy that somebody wants to walk up in an old folks home. <laughs> Put him there. He's grumpy anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like you too. You know, and it's um, you know the the old you know we have philosophy because philosophy means guiding thoughts and I believe we had the best you know they talk about mindful living we had mindful living we were stress free sure stress comes to all human beings but we wouldn't hang on to it we wouldn't be addicted to it I feel so many of our people are addicted to anger fear depression self-pity and they're not solution-focused, like you've been telling me, your elders were, they think about the solution. Let's fix it. Not worry about it all the time. Let's do something. Yeah. That's our yes, philosophy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know, they, they said, you know they were you uh, you have $10.00. That's better than $9. Yeah. Look at that Yeah. (laughs) That's what I would say. It's just 10, I can't do much with it. Just consider yourself lucky it's
1: not $9. Yeah. Yeah. You've been, a, you've, been you know, doing, you've been doing all kinds of work and one of the ones I hear about is you chairing a committee on addictions with the government. So, I'd like you to tell me about that story because, you know, I don't spend a lot of time talking to government or governments. I want to talk with the people, but I know at times we need to talk to the government. We need to talk to different committees, and I do. I I used to belong to a mental health committee in Vancouver for Aboriginal child and youth, and I'd go there and give recommendations. So can you tell me about that one you were at? Your nephew referenced me to it.
2: Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the teachings, one of the things that they used to tell me is that uh, when you're growing and uh, somebody throws out, and, the life preserver to you, grab it. Don't worry about who, who's the one that throws it out to you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about who who it is that throws it out. Yeah. Just grab onto the lifesaver.
1: Yeah. You
2: know, and, and basically that's what I try to keep my mind now. Because yeah. one of the teachings is also is to keep an open mind. Yeah. And to be open to people. And and that uh, because everybody has good in them. And part of your job is to get that good from people. So that's what I tried to do. And basically, the forum that I chaired was was um, government sponsored, and what our mandate was to go into the communities and find out what works in the communities. And that's what I. And again, it's some of the things that we were talking about. It's not why we have problems or what are the problems. Let's look at what works. And that's what I liked about it. So we went into the communities and the number one thing that everybody seemed to agree on. I think we went to 21 or 22 communities and almost unanimously agreed that what we need to do is to get kids out on the land.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: to get them out of the community environment, to get them out on the land, get the spirit of the land, the spirit of the people. Because you know, you take some person who's having a really hard time on the streets, you take them out on the land, they become entirely different individuals.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's 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 what they say we've got to do with our young people. Mm-hmm. And they say we've got to do it for a long period of time. Just think about, a week, ten days is not enough. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to change somebody. It's not enough to have an impact. So you got to do it for three, four, maybe as long as six months.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And and they they gave examples of of young people who have turned their lives around as a result of going out on the land. And because one of the things about certainly in the north is that a lot of people. Are still very skilled in the in the north,
0: mm-hmm.
2: out on the land. They still know the stories of the big river. They still know the story of uh, how certain landmarks were made. They know where their grandparents used to live. So those kind of stories they share with some of the young people, and that that they say that's what we got to do. And so that that was probably the number one recommendation. That we made is that we have to get some of the young people we the best teacher is out on the land. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that we said also was that we need to talk more about this. We need to be able to say to each other that we have a problem. Because they said, you know, if it's in your head, it's still fantasy. Yeah. But if you put it out on in front of you on the table. On the floor in front of you, on the brush in front of you, in the tent in front of you, then it becomes real. When you're sharing it with somebody else, it becomes real. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we recommend that because some of the communities do this is sharing circles. And places where, you know, some of the elders would be able to sit with these people where they would share with each other and some of the communities where they do this they said this is the way that we have to continue to do that Mm -hmm. and then one of the really big joys that i've seen in the nwt is the games that they're playing some of the traditional games i remember in 72 you know we called it edzu in our own language hand games is the closest Mm -hmm. in english yeah and I remember asking some of the elders, let's play that game. And a couple of the elders laughed at me. And they said, not elders, but uh, older guys, they, said that they laughed at me. They said, hey, those games are gone. They're dead. We don't play them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, nine, 2017, 2016, there's a whole bunch of uh, tournaments happening. And you see kids, 8, nine, ten years old, playing the games. Mm-hmm. And you see, you know, and the best joy for me is watching those elders that are sitting way around the corner and watching those kids playing. Mm-hmm. They know that their knowledge, their stories are being passed on. Yeah. And you can see that smile, yeah. that contentment that they have have on their faces as they're watching some of these young people play you know mm-hmm. and that's one of the recommendations that that, that we had made and I'm proud to say that I was part of it because even though what was happening at that time essentially our recommendation is keep it up keep it going keep it going more. because not only are you having fun but, but, but you're really doing what is good for you you know And I know, for example, in one case, there's one guy who likes to drink. And I saw him and he was sober. And I said, how are you doing? And he said, you know, you know, he said, Paul, I like my drink. He said, but I want to play hand games more. (laughs) I'm I'm staying sober so I can play. Yeah. You know, and to me, that was, that's what it's about. Yeah. That's what it's about, you know. Yeah. And this 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 guy is going to sit with his kids, sit his grandkids, and say, "I played hundreds. Mm. I had fun." Yeah. You know? and and for me, so those are the kind of stuff. But essentially, you know, for the young people, we got to start concentrating on the young people. We got to do things differently, you know. And one of the things that that uh, one of the elders was saying is that he said, you know. We send a lot of people out to treatment and all that kind of stuff. He said, I think, you know, after about 40, 50 years of that, I think we know what the problem is. Let's 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 quit doing that. Let's work on the extra care. Let's work on, let's concentrate on how do we help them in the community stay sober. Yes. I'm not trying to sober them up anymore, mm-hmm. but how do they stay sober? How do, we, how do we help them on the long term? How do we do it? Let's concentrate on, on the aftercare as opposed to sobering up,
0: mm-hmm. the
2: detox, because we all know what the problem is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We, and what we're doing is that we're doing the same thing that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And we're saying that to other people, you're doing it. Actually, he said, we're doing it. So we got to stop doing that you know? mm-hmm. and, and and so those those are some of that kind of discussions that they had with us and, and we we're able to do and um, four or five years later uh, some of the people in the communities are saying they're getting out on the communities more and more mm-hmm. there are more and more discussions about it you know but the the depth and intensity of the, the problem that we have right now it's going to take a long time Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, uh, there's there's positive signs that are beginning to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we got into the instant coffee culture. It's got to be right now or, or otherwise nothing. You know, yeah. like you're saying, it takes time. Not just one workshop, not just two days in a bush or on the land. Six months. You know, or yeah. until they're well, until they're stronger. You know, that's what works. You know, I worked as an addictions counselor in seventy six and my first year, after one year I told the chief I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna quit. And he says, How come? I said I don't have one client. Nobody wants to quit drinking. And he says, Give it one more year and change your methods. I said, Oh, okay. So I started taking people pick berries. We go camp down a river when the salmon are running and dry the salmon. And I started to be successful. You know, the people started to want to do something like you're saying. Going on to the land. I take the men out to cut the wood because they got spoiled and they let the welfare provide their wood. Mm. I say, no, we'll go out and we'll cut the wood and we'd have cords of wood by the road for the winter. And they're doing it. They're on the land. And we're not talking about alcoholism or addictions. We let it come out on our own. Mm. Because they know who I was, what we're doing. So that's a way. And um, it's. I'm so glad to talk to you about this, you know, because it's about solutions.
2: Well, I'm really glad that you were able to find me and being able to meet you and being able to share some of the solutions and some of the stuff that works. I'm a very strong proponent of doing things differently. My elders always said, if you go hunting over there and you don't see any moose, don't stay there. Yeah, Go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while, but we get it.
1: <laughs> it sinks in. That's what that um, that philosopher um Albert Einstein said. He says, it's it's crazy if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and nothing changes. He says, that's that's craziness, you know. <laughs> and our people knew that. Our elders knew that. Our philosophers knew that. And they yes. would teach us so we can laugh at ourselves, you know, not feel humiliated, and learn from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of my elders was talking about... Um, he was a real wonderful old man. But he says, you know those white people, when they're smart? Oh, they're smart, they've invented all kinds of things. But he says, when they're dumb, they're really dumb, he says. <laughs> 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 yeah, and it's, um, you know, we've talked about our way of life, Paul, and that's what we need to teach our ones that have been assimilated. Yes. They, they never heard a story, some of them. They never sing a song. They never dance. And when the dance and the song is there, they don't get up to dance. No. My elders, if, um, if I got up to do something, they'd laugh, but it was happiness. I could see it in their eyes. He's doing it did not matter if I was better than anybody or anything, the main thing was to be involved, to participate. That's what makes the elders happy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yes, I agree with you. You know, I think, you know, I think, uh, because, you know, we were made to be Denon.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Nothing else. We were made to be Aboriginal, Indigenous people of Canada. Mm hmm. And and that's where we shine and we make Canada even better country than it already is when we're at our best. We've seen that. We've seen examples of that. You know, when the Europeans first came to Canada, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of them died. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't handle the environment, the yeah. temperature, you know, a whole bunch of them. Yeah. They hung on to the Aboriginal people. They survived. Yeah. They learned from the Aboriginal people. They survived. They listened to the Aboriginal people. They survived.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so we, our contribution to Canada has always been amazing. You know, now it's a little bit down, but we can bring that back. Yes. I tell people, our people, our young people, you think Yellowknife is a great city right now? You think Toledo is a great city right now? Imagine if we were healthy, hey. or healthy hey. You know, we'd be laughing and dancing so hard, people in Brandon would want to come over.
1: <laughs> I'd be right there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Paul. Paul, you know one of the things I got interested in is um, European language too, and the word health. In the dictionary means to be sound in mind, body, and spirit. And mm-hmm. our people were masters at helping people to have a strong mind, strong body, and a strong spirit. We knew the secrets to do that, to develop those, to be the highest level. You know, we are very healthy. You know, I'm yes, right... You know, and, yeah. go, go ahead.
2: And and what I noticed, you know, the, recently there was a, there was a, a guy, he was... I think he died at 99, and in his early 90s he was walking around and, and you know, they gave him a cane because he's old. Yeah. He would be swinging that cane around as he's walking around. You know, that's the kind of elders that we had. Yeah. That's the kind of people that we had, you know. Nobody told them they were old. They <laughs> yeah. we constantly old. you call yeah. them elder or old. Yeah. You know? we called respected elders, (laughs) it's it. it. There's very few people who get that name, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. because they have earned it.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And this man was one of them. And those are the, you know, when I was younger, a lot of those people, our elders were like this man. Mm -hmm. You know, they may have been 150, 160 pounds, but just sinew. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, there was no fat on them. Yeah. They were, they were just amazing people, you know. They'd run around like they were young bucks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Once in a while, they'd say, hey, maybe I'll slow down a little bit, you know. Yeah. But, but, and, and that's from the mental, the emotional, the physical and spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Because all their lives, they sought that. They sought <laughs> that. They never, ever felt that they got it. And they always have sought it. And, you know, and then in their 80s and 90s, they're really enjoying their lives, you know. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of people that we come from, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what I've always have tried to tell people is that, you know, I'm one of the lucky guys. I was born out on the land and I saw these people at their best.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And like I've been trying to tell you for the last hour. <laughs> simply amazing. Simply yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah. I'm absorbing it all. It's I'm a, glad. Yeah. I'm absorbing more than you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the elders would say and they'd see somebody talking or doing something and they, they know they're not living it. They'd say, oh, that poor man never absorbed the teachings. That's what the aunties <laughs> would say, you know, because he's not talk, walking the talk. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and that's what's, um yeah. you know, it's in our languages, too. You know, like my granny says, Don't you ever think you're better than anyone else, she says. That's what she's saying. Yeah. You know, you yeah. always use good words when you speak to people. Yeah. You know, the simple, basic, like people call them laws or protocols, led us to be a very healthy people, very yeah. sound you know,
2: You know, if my parents came to my house right now, they'd probably say, Paul, you're rich. Yeah. Look at the house. Look at the vehicle. Look at blah, 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 blah. You're you're rich. You know, because when I was a kid, when I was growing up, we never had much. Yeah. You know, those young people, especially the young girls running around with uh, torn pants. Yeah. We, we had that style. That <laughs> we had that passion right down long time ago.
1: <laughs> I, was a, I was in London last year and I see those people w- run, uh, walking around with torn knees and on their legs, you know, and I said I was like that. My auntie one time said to me, oh, nephew, you're so poor, you got patches on your patches. You know. <laughs> Back then, I would have been in style today, Paul. <laughs>
2: yeah. But, you know, even though we didn't have much, yeah, they were the happiest people. Yes. You know, you would never find happier people. You know, and, and that's what I remember so much about it. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, I've, I've done okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and uh, But there's still times where I'm thinking, hey, maybe I'll work harder yet and get something else. Mm-hmm. Like I need something else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I grew up and um, we all slept underneath the roof of this house. And downstairs was one big room that was what they'd call our kitchen, our living room, and our dining room. And there's Seven children, and my mother and my father. And we all sleep in a row. There's no rooms. Youngest sleeps at the farthest end from the stairs. And we were taught to be quiet and respectful because my dad goes out work early in the morning. We pack water, we cut wood. We all have to be part of it. And I look back, we were happy. There was laughter, there's sharing. My granny would come and tell us stories. We have no electricity, and uh, my brothers and I were the running water. We'd run and get the water. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and that's what you know, like um, that inner peace. Yeah, is what we can help the you know, people with to achieve yeah.
0: that.
2: It taught us to work hard. Huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And not depend on anybody. Yeah. You know? My my friend, you know. He said, uh, my brother got the guitar, he's a, he's a good guitar player, he sings, he said, me, my name was Deadwood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my, mine was Spamshim, which means light to fire. You know, early oh, yeah. in the morning, my dad would say, Um am the second youngest, Jerry, Spamshim, that means I have to go down and light the fire, because it's yeah. cold outside, and, um, then my mother will go down and cook the breakfast when the fire starts. So I always light the fire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: So I have one more question to ask you, Paul, because because um, the people, wonderful people that ask us to make these podcasts, it was all about concern for men not responding to going to get tests for cancer, for HIV, for depression, for addictions. They're not going to get the help when it's offered. So I'd like to ask you to give us a message to the men that have Problems, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, what kind of message would you give them? Let's say it's like your nephews or relatives that are in trouble.
2: Like, mm-hmm. like, what would you tell them? Well, you know, one of the elders told me, you know, she, 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 you know, Paul. She said, you know, the elders used to tell me that laughter is really good medicine. Mm. He said, you know, it was 15 years ago that I was diagnosed with cancer. He said they took one one kidney out and they said, we can't help you anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and uh, he said, I remember the teachings of being happy, mm-hmm. no matter what the life throws at you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing for the last 15 years, she said. hmm you know and and i'm happy he said i'm happy yes i have this incurable disease that will probably take me away but i'm happy he, mm-hmm. he said he said happiness is a very strong medicine <laughs> you know? beautiful yes and what i tell people is the very same thing that the people used to tell me dance Dancing is good not just for the body and the heart. The dancing is good for the mind. Mm-hmm. Sing. Sing like nobody hears you and everybody hears you. Yeah. You know, and and, and really let it go. Don't, mm. don't hide your laughter. Mm-hmm. Don't hide your songs. Go for it. Yeah. The same thing that they used to tell me, you know. Yeah. And they used to say, get up early in the morning. Yeah. Say good morning to the sun. Yeah. The day is coming. Say good morning to to that. They used to tell me wherever you go, you go to, There's a river. Go down to the river
0: mm-hmm.
2: and pay the river. Yeah. Give it, give it a piece of wood or something, and say, Grandpa, it's good to see you. Yeah. And pay the pay the water. Mm-hmm. You come to a new land. You do the same thing. You pay the land. Mm-hmm. Because they tell me that all these elements, they take care of you. You take care of them, they take care of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you've got to learn, he said. You know what he said? is that our, our people who are gone before us, they're in the trees. Uh-huh. They're in the dirt. They're in the rocks. Mm-hmm. They're there. Reach out to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They're there. He said, that's what you got to do. Yeah. And so those are the kind of stuff that I can do. Mm-hmm. So what what they tell me also is that, you know, if you do some of the very basic things that you do, like the three uh, principles that I talked about earlier,
0: mm-hmm.
2: life is going to go the way it's supposed to go for you because you're no longer fighting it. Mm-hmm. Take what life gives you and be happy. You know, and those are the kind of stuff that I tell people to this point
0: Mm
2: -hmm. is that, yes, life will throw a whole bunch of challenges. Otherwise, it's not life.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Life will do those kind of stuff. It's not what you want. It's recognizing that somebody is saying one more challenge that you can handle. You know how to handle this challenge.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You just got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You have that gift. you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I tell you to tell everybody is that you have a gift. Uh-huh. Your job is to find that gift. Uh-huh. It might take you 50, 60, 70 years. Uh-huh. You find that gift, and then you share it with people. Uh-huh. Gifts are not just for us.
0: Uh-huh.
2: You know, people... Who like Wayne Gretzky people uh-huh. who like hockey probably enjoyed Wayne Gretzky a lot uh-huh. he had he was given a gift uh-huh. he developed it he became the best hockey player in the world and he, he shared it with the rest of the world
0: uh-huh.
2: and that's what we got to do with 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 him so those are the kind of stuff that I take you know and on a daily basis go for a walk
0: uh-huh.
2: go for things. You know, Go for a walk and spend time with the trees. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk with the river. Say hello to people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If they're too busy or walking by, just scare the hell out of them and say hello anyway.
1: <laughs> that's the thing about Bra- that's the thing about Brandon. Everybody says hello if you look at them. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's the friendliest town yeah. I've been in in Canada. Of course, I haven't been to where you are.
2: you know know, but those are the kind of stuff that i tell people yeah and 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 and, you know just you know and and some of the happiest people that i've met over the years happiest people are the people who have just accepted life Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know with its ups and downs and enjoying the ups and being as happy as they can in the downs and you know, and that's what I try to tell people. That, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that, uh, you know if, if if you're having problems with your tummy, you know, your tummy is trying to tell you something.
1: Yeah.
2: If you're having problems with your head, mm-hmm. your head is trying to tell you something. You know, your job now is trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do it by yourself, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Ask for help. Maybe somebody else can help you with that. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, and then the other thing that our elders always have done, always, is believe in the higher power, believe Mm -hmm. in the creator, believe Mm -hmm. in the one who made it all. And they know of the power. All they got to do is just go outside and look at the world. Mm -hmm. They used to tell me, if you think you're powerful enough, you know, well, we're not going to ask you to make a tree because it's too big. But try a little leaf, mm-hmm. make one, and I said, I can't. <laughs> okay, I always remember that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's how powerful you are. <laughs> yes, <I am. laughs> You know, Paul, I could talk to you all night, but we have some other calls to make here, and I really want to thank you for being on Teachings in the Air podcast with Jerry Oldman. And, okay, uh, thank and you r-
2: very much, and it was a pleasure. And I hope you continue to do this because like I say, we need to talk about it, we need to make it real and get it out of the head and no more fantasizing about it. Let's do something about this damn thing.
1: -hmm Okay, I'll probably we'll, we'll talk again and I'll, we'll, we're going to do more podcasts, and you and I can do another one too) Thank you for tuning into the Teachings in the Air podcast. We encourage you to share your thoughts with us through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we look forward to hearing from you. We want to know what you think about the show and to hear your thoughts and how to make this program better. Remember to sign up for our newsletter. You can get there by searching tiny.cc. Forward slash teachings These podcasts are produced with the generous support of the BC Provincial Health Services Authority, Indigenous Health, and Vancouver Coastal Aboriginal Health. Until next time.